The Jets signed three new free agents in this past week. We have a special guest on the show, and we're going to talk all about 2023 expectations. What's up, Jets fans, and welcome to another edition of Jet Nation Live. We are your hosts, Dylan Terriman and Glenn Naughton. Like I said at the top, we hired or uh, signed three new free agents. Um, two of them have the Aaron Rodgers stamp of approval, and one of them seems to have the Jets Twitter fan base stamp of approval. Um, the first two were Billy Turner, offensive lineman, formerly of the Broncos and the Packers. Oh, I'm sorry, Glenn. I'm just I'm not I'm not even letting you talk. How are we doing? Go right ahead. I'm <laughs> doing good. I'm glad they're filling holes. I would have preferred someone else, but go ahead and finish up what you were All saying. Right, cool. All right. Billy Turner, offensive lineman, former uh, Bronco and Packers player. He was with the uh, Packers for both of Aaron Rodgers uh, MVP seasons, as well as 2019. Um, his snap counts over the last three seasons are 483 with the Broncos, all at right tackle, 866 with the Packers at right and left tackle, 1,030 snaps at left tackle, right guard, and right tackle in 2020. So tons of versatility on him. Before we get to the next one, Randall Cobb, I'll get your thoughts so I can uh, mute myself and my dog. All right. So, yeah, the Jets go out and get Billy Turner. I'm, I've, I've said a couple times this offseason. I've tweeted out a couple times this offseason. My preference would have been Cam Fleming. Um, I don't know that Cam Fleming has the guard versatility that Billy Turner has, but he does have left and right tackle versatility. He does know the system played last year um, for Hackett and Denver started 15, 16 games. Uh, limited film I've watched on both. I preferred Fleming. You look at his PFF grades, as I always say, for those of you who like that stuff, um, Fleming has far better grades uh, across the board, <laughs> pass blocking, run blocking overall. So I thought he looked better on film. PFF says on paper they like him. The Jets went with Turner. <clears throat> Could be a situation where Rodgers prefers him. You know, they bring in another guy that Rodgers likes. Um, so he may not be as good a player, but he's someone that uh, is is more comfortable in the locker room. And uh, I know you're going to get to, uh, well, I'll just touch on Cobb. Of course, they bring Randall Cobb in. One-year deal, $3 million guaranteed. I thought that was, that I was surprised by $3 million guaranteed. Um, he made $3 million with Green Bay last year, but I think none of it was guaranteed. Um, uh, you know, of course, he played the full season. He got the money either way. Don't love him as a slot guy. I was hoping for a younger, more explosive guy. But, you know, again, another guy that Aaron Rodgers feels comfortable with. And then, of course, Al Woods, the defensive tackle from Seattle, who the Jets spoke to on, I believe it was... March 4th, April 4th, uh, about a month ago, basically, mm. where they had him in for a visit. There were people have been talking about it since then because everyone's been in favor of the move. They need that big run stuffer that they haven't had since they let um, – I, I almost said since they let Snacks go, since they let uh, Fatakasi go, Yes, uh, who went to Jacksonville. So they get the run stuffer in the middle, and uh, that, that covers all three. Those are the three guys. It's Woods, it's, it's Cobb, and it's Turner. Yep. Woods, obviously, is going to be more of a, a, a focal guy. And and I'm curious to see what happens with Cobb because I thought he'd be here to compete. I think like Xavier Gibson, the UDFA, for those of you who had a chance to watch him, lightning quick, really like he's the guy who looks at that prototypical slot guy, but who can make a big play after the catch. Not You're not really getting that out of Randall Cobb. So I was hoping he would have a shot to make the team. Um, guaranteeing a guy $3 million tells me they're not none of these or they're going to have to carry six or seven receivers in order for one of these uh these slot type guys to make the team brownlee of course is more of an outside guy who i like but uh we'll see how they you know how that all unfolds right and like you touched on with uh, scott mason on his uh, podcast play like a jet you have to get guys on 
in the wide receiver position that can play special teams. And right now we have our top five, none of which um, really give you any special teams. Maybe Randall Cobb is the return man, but that's not what we're talking about here when we talk about special teams. So it's uh, going to be weird to see how they shake out that whole room. Obviously Mims and Corey Davis, their future has been in question. And I think maybe unfairly we've been just writing off Corey Davis and maybe he is here to stay, but um, until we hear further, it's like kind of a loaded room with not too much special teams versatility added. So, but with that, we do have a special guest tonight. Um, we see him here in the in the studio backstage. Uh, Fireman Ed, one of the most um, known Jets fans uh, out there. I feel like if you not even follow the sport and you just are in the New York, New Jersey area and you talk about the Jets, they're like, oh, yeah, Fireman Ed, we've heard of him. So I'm going to have him on here. We see him right here in the studio. So we're going to bring him on. How's it going? How's it going? How you doing, Glenn? How you doing, Dylan? Good, doing good. good, Ed. Thanks. Glad you could join us. Um, yeah, my pleasure. It's been, a, it's been a while. I actually, Ed, you and I ran into each other. Um, probably, I'm sure you don't remember because there was a million people hounding you that day. Um, that pub in London when the Jets played the oh, uh, the Dolphins yeah. many moons ago. Oh yeah. Um, but I, dude, I thought it was great. I just happened to be standing there, like I like growing up in the Bronx and watching the Jets on TV with my family. Of course, I knew who Ed was. To hear like. Like these English teenagers, like going up to Ed, like, "Oh, we love you. Can we get a photo?" I'm like, "Jesus!" Like these kids in England have been watching this. I, I thought that was phenomenal. Um, so obviously a huge impact. But listen, lots. I mean, the list of moves this off season. Um, you know, not a lot of big names in free agency, but of course you get the Rogers trade. It's been a long time since expectations have been this high for this team. What What are your thoughts, Ed? Oh, just the overall, not just Rogers, but the the approach to the off season overall, and and how good can this team be in your mind? Well, let me just start with uh, you were talking about England, and I do remember Glenn. Uh, it was a good time, and uh, yeah, that was a long there. time. That's... And you know what? We got a lot of fans yes. in the UK and Ireland. You oh know yeah, what I mean, we got a lot of fan fans out there, and I want to just give a shout out to them because I do uh, stay in touch with a lot of them, and I know they they, they they're big with Jet Nation. I know they are. Yep. So uh, it's all good. Um, as far as listen, how. How excited can you guys be? I mean, when you have, I mean, I can't believe that Aaron Rodgers is wearing the green and white. I mean, I really can't. You know, we went, what we go, 40 days before the trade was actually official, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just going through the timeline, I mean, think about it, fellas. You know what had to happen for this to happen? I mean, in a normal year, you'd have six to eight AFC teams being for, Aaron Rodgers, and it just timing is everything in life. And between our draft choices, right, what we did in the last couple of years, and the young blood that we have, and then going up there and his words smoking them, which we would air. I don't know if you guys were up there. Um, yeah. It had to be. Were you up there? For the, no, I, I heard it though. I, I listened to uh, the. There person, was yeah. like twenty. There was about had to be twenty thousand Jeff fans. It was insane. And you know, we rocked the house at, at the end. It was it was wonderful. And, um, you know, I think Rogers paid attention to all of that. And, um, you know, ultimately, listen, what do I think? I think the sky's the limit, fellas. I mean, you got a quarterback. Uh, first off, you got to, like, he's pinching himself. I got to pinch myself. Like, seriously, what are we, like, it's unreal that Aaron Rodgers, here's what I love the most. He picked us. He picked us. Okay. Yep. Right. And when, when, Glenn, Dylan, when, when did we have this? When is somebody, when, when Brett Favre came, he didn't want to come here. 
No. He wanted to go to Minnesota. He, they, they had they had to beg him. They had to convince he, him. He to come backed here. on. He backed on to come here, and then he went to Minnesota. Yeah. So with uh, that comparison, I don't even. Although, listen, Brett played well. And then he, he played well. Yeah. But yeah. this kid, well, he's thirty nine. Everybody's a kid to me. Well, the kids to us. You know what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you know what? He is so. He is reaching out to our history. He's. You know, everything that you would want this guy, because let's face it, fellas, when he went into the darkness and we were going through all of that, right? Mm-hmm. When he came out of the darkness, you were like, what was this guy doing? And we still wait with Pat McAfee. And then all of yeah. a sudden, all this transpires. And you, you say to yourself, he wants to be a New York Jet. Are you kidding me? So it's exciting. And what do I think? I think we're going to have a hell of a year, fellas. I think that here's the bottom line. I say this. Openly, April 24th, 2023, at the approximate time of 4.38, the trade happened and the journey started. And all I can tell Jet Nation is enjoy the journey and we'll see where it goes. Because what I will tell you, and we all know this, we've gone through hell and back, okay, especially in the last 12 years. Okay, and to to watch this guy come, let's enjoy the journey. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, it's 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 early on right now, isn't it? But you know, my thought with uh with, with Rogers, you know, Dylan and I went back and forth on this a few times while the trade was going on. You know, my fear was it, it would be a one year deal. I thought two years was the max, and even that was questionable. And maybe I'm getting a little too ahead of myself, but but watching him enjoy the city and enjoy the the New York lifestyle, part of me's like. And this isn't a nut. Listen, I've I've lived in a million different cities, multiple countries. I I love, you know, I I can enjoy myself in just about any situation. But this is so different from what he's probably been used to after spending so much time up in Wisconsin. And I know he's a California guy. And of course, he's got all the money in the world. I'm sure he's going wherever he wants in the offseason. But like living in a place like this, having that be his day to day routine, having access to a place like NYC after years of, of Wisconsin. And that's not even to say Wisconsin's bad. Just the fact that they're different. Like I, there's a part of me that hopes he's like, man, I'm digging this. I'm I'm liking the complete 180 from what I'm used to. And maybe, and you know, my hope when I said it was one year, I thought keep him upright, win some games. Maybe he hangs around. Now my thought process is keep him upright, win some games, and maybe three years isn't out of the question. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but the thought has certainly popped into my head. Like maybe you get three. And uh, maybe being in New York City has has that effect on him, you know, and uh, and, and and who knows? But I know, Dylan, go ahead. You can uh, go ahead and share your thoughts. I know that um, we're all excited about this, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I echo all of your comments about um, Aaron Rodgers and just the excitement level. Um, obviously, as a 28 year old, I can't call him a kid at 39 years old. So it's been fun. Like, I'm just like all of the young players on the roster. I've watched him my entire football, like fandom life, like the whole time. So He's been the guy for me. So, yeah, I, I think um, sky's the limit. Beyond the sky is the limit. Obviously, it seems like everything he's saying, you know, the trophy looks a little lonely when you walk into one Jets drive. That just fires me up. That gives me chills right away. Like, And and I agree to your point, Glenn. Like, maybe it's not 2023. Maybe it is 2024 is like that ultimate last run with Rodgers type of thing. But who knows? I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Right. Although the media loves to do that. And I want to pitch this to you, Ed. Um with the media talking about Rodgers and the addition to the Jets and 
uh, being contenders and ranking them in the AFC. And all, all we hear is Super Bowl or bust to make the trade make sense, to make the, the rankings make sense, Super Bowl or bust. And I know in your opinion, sky's the limit, but are you ready to just say Super Bowl or bust this year? Or do you agree like this is a, a two, maybe a three-year play with, with Aaron Rodgers? Well, first off, the Super Bowl or bust is really for the haters. Mm-hmm. The haters say that. So understand where that's coming from. The Super Bowl or bust is putting all the pressure on you. Listen, nobody cares what they think about the Super Bowl or bust. We have been through everything possible, okay? Let's enjoy the journey. What do I think? Do I think we could win a world championship? One million percent. One million percent. Not 100. One million percent. Why can't we win a world championship? You have that. that, Listen, our personnel, we seen what they were last year. Okay. They're going to, and this is not a complete team right now. We're in May. We are in May. And if you don't believe that more guys are coming here, I don't want to tell you because when they look at number eight, where wearing that green, listen, it's all about the money and getting that ring. They want the ring. And he gives them a chance to get the ring. So I do I think more guys are coming? One million percent. And do I think that we're gonna we have a shot at a world championship? Absolutely. Absolutely. What are you playing the game for? If you're not if you don't think the Super Bowl, get Super Bowl or bust. Forget that whole thing all of us. What about world championship? Forget about I don't want to go to the if you told me I could go to the Super Bowl right now and we don't win it, I don't want to go to the Super Bowl. I'm out on the Super Bowl. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to win it because the Jet fans have been dying for 54 years. We haven't had a home playoff game in 21 years. We haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. All right? This fan base, here's the mission. The mission, fellas, is stack wins, home field throughout the playoffs for the first time in our history. And the Jet fans will do the rest. The Jet fans will do the rest. Because I believe nobody will come into our house. I truly believe that. I believe that nobody can come into MetLife and beat us in when it when, when when it's all on the line. I just don't think it can happen. I've been waiting for it. I believe it, and I believe that when we go to Vegas, if we're fortunate and the football gods gives us a chance, we go to Vegas. What do you think Vegas is going to be, Glenn? How many? What's the percentage of Jet fans? And I don't care what team we play. What's the percentage of Jeff fans that are going to be in Vegas? You tell me. Well, I'll tell you. I always say at the game, who knows? Because if you don't have 20 grand for a ticket, uh, you know, that's going to be your corporate folks. But I'll tell you, I've talked to my buddies about that over the years who I've rooted for this team with since I was 10, 11, well, 11 years old. And we've said, like, if they go, you know, we, we got to go to the host city if they're ever yep. in it. Um, and, but then we also say, I'm watching it in a room because I, I can't be around anybody who's rooting against them. I don't care, far, whatever. Like, I'll be in a hotel room with my best friends watching the game. You know what I mean? But I'm the host city, I would love to go. Um, but, man, I've looked at t- what, 10 grand for a ticket. I don't know about you guys. I don't have that kind of money. But I, I would make it a mission of mine to, to fly out to Vegas or wherever they go if they're in the Super Bowl just to, just to live that, to, to get that vibe. Because, you know, I think, you know, we, we've all waited varying amounts of time. But I think we've all waited long enough. Yes. Um, you know, so it's, uh, I would absolutely be, you know, up for that. I don't know, Dylan, if you have any, any ideas about what you're going to do if they ever make it to a Super Bowl. 
Well, I hope I own a house first, but if they make it to the Super Bowl this year before I get my house, I mean, sorry, babe, we're going to have to wait another year or two to get the house because we're spending the savings on the Super Bowl 100%. And like you said, I kind of am like a introvert, isolated when I watch the games. I had the pleasure of going to the Dolphins game in MetLife when the Dolphin fans were going to take over the stadium, and that was pathetic. And from the very first play, we were fired up. And I do, I think we will be that third element this year is the fans. We absolutely are. They get that stadium rocking. Like my ears were hurting when I came out of there. So it's a different experience and, and it makes you want to go to more Jets games. But yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think you're going to see, I don't think you're going to see as many people selling their tickets this year as we have in no, recent years. No, absolutely not. And we got lucky. It was one of those deals where somebody backed out late and we scooped the tickets uh, through Jet Nation, actually. Yeah. So. But yeah, it was a great time, and I think it's just going to be even better when eight comes running out of that tunnel, and hopefully they get that patch on there that has the Super Bowl Roman numerals on there. We can all go to Vegas and and party up because that'd just be crazy. The fan base is going to be out of control, guys. Um, Yeah. What you're going to see, like when you've seen all these teams come in, listen, there'll always be fans from the other team now because it's so much easier than so so much easier through the years now to get tickets and that mm-hmm. goes all around that's that's everywhere mm-hmm. and so you're going to get Absolutely. your guys but I, i'm going to tell you something you're going to see the stadium is especially for a young guy like dylan for him to see what the stadium was like at one time okay when it's been 12 years since we're in the playoffs mm-hmm. all right we've had a couple of different games where it got loud and stuff but there's all i can tell you is opening day will be and Glenn, you'll remember this. Um, when we played Peyton Manning and we beat him forty-one nothing. Were you at the game that game? Were you there? I was. I was living in Florida at the time. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. The stadium but I, was I remember insane. Watching that. All right, yeah. it was insane. So, just so you know, we had given them seven chance before they came out of the tunnel. They didn't come out of the tunnel. We there was already, the place was mobbed. There was no there was no seats. Now I'm just going to tell you, opening day, it'd be a beautiful day. I'm telling you right now, next year, the only people that will be in that parking lot when that game, when that, when that, when Rogers comes out of that tunnel, is going to be all the drunks that are too drunk to even come in, okay? Or you can't get a ticket. You can't get a ticket because that place is going to be thunderous. It's going to be rocking because they can't wait for this guy to come out of that tunnel. And I'm just telling you, it's going to be, it's going to remind me a lot of 2002 against the Indianapolis Colts. I think I saw a headline the other day that season ticket sales were up 40% since they got Rodgers. Yeah, he said 5,000. I just read something today that, uh, I don't know if it was Darren Ravel, somebody notable, because I watch who I believe. Right. Um, I think they had already sold 5,000 um, season tickets wow. in, in a week. So, um, you, listen, you know, you, you know as well as I do with, with diehards, right? So now what happens is because of Rogers, you start to, you know, you walk into the deli. A, a guy that would never, or a girl that would mm-hmm. never talk about football, said, mm-hmm. "Hey, you got Aaron Rodgers. Hey, you yep. got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, this is the this is what's going on now. Just picture this: 2002, we had no, there was no cell phones, there was no internet, you know, powerful like it is now. Mm-hmm. But the, with social media, you know the buildup for this game, 
I mean, it's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nuts, man. And if it's really? the Giants on Monday night, well, that's, that's some of the just, talk right now. Yep, on September 11th, I would. Ju- I was just about to say, how rocking would that be in prime time to just get everybody going? Because I think Giants fans will be just as happy too. Like I, you know, just celebratory, not to say happy, but celebratory in that stadium. So I feel like there will be moments where the Jets fans will be rocking to cheer for the team, but there will also be moments of of unity for for the country as well, if that is the case. So. Do you have any thoughts on on those rumors, Jets versus Giants, on September 11th, Monday Night Football, to kick off the season? Well, I, I think it's probably going to happen because mm-hmm. it's it's actually the day of September 11th, so Monday Night Football. It would just make sense. Um, yep. I would think that's what's going to happen, and uh, that's fine. If it does, I'll be there. So, I was just about to ask: Does your your um, I'll, I'll, does I'll everything be- get heightened for a, a prime time game? Because we're looking at a lot of them this year. Well, I just that game in particular, um, that night. If we're playing that night in MetLife, I I, I have no chance. I have no choice. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'll I'll be there. Yeah, I will absolutely be there. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Let's see what happens. Uh, we got we got we this. It's gonna be it's so exciting. Um, you know, I hope we open up at our home opener. I hope we play the Patriots. That's who I want. Um, we should have beat them Ooh, twice okay. last year. Belichick yep. has been nothing but, uh, you know, he's just a he's 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 no good. <laughs> he hates us. He can't stand us. And uh, likewise, I, I he's clam face chowderhead. That's what I call him, clam face. He's clam face. He belongs. That's why he's in Boston. That's why he's up in Boston. He's he's yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's not having the best time since Brady left. It's uh. Mm-hmm. You have to wonder if he worries about how the. I mean, of course, he would never in a million years say it publicly, but you have to wonder what what he thinks this is doing to his legacy, because that was always the talk. Is it Tom or is it Bill? Is it Tom or is it Bill? Tom leaves and wins a ring. Well, we know we know who it was. We know who it was. We knew all along. We knew when they used to say it, I used to laugh because Tommy would. He doesn't have no Tommy. Where's Tommy? Where's Tommy? Yeah. Tommy would come in and take care of business. Tommy won a world championship in the first year. So that argument all went out the window yep. and that's over. And the reason Belichick is staying around is because he wants the record. Machula. He needs two yeah. more years. So that's why he's hanging around because he wouldn't be hanging around. And listen, I want to put a 50 burger on him. Like he puts on everybody else and just destroys you. There's a lot of things, the homecoming. I mean, it hurt Zach Wilson a couple of years ago up there on purpose. You can't tell me otherwise. Um, uh, you know, he jumped over us for the Steelers. With the he Steelers. let the Steelers jump us, yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. There, there's so many there's so many different things that, you know, it's time. I mean, it was time last year, and and the kid, uh, he uh, he choked. What can I yeah. tell you? I, I completely and it's, it's agree. a weird thing, too, because with Belichick, because they just never did anything to him. Like, they handed him a job. Right. He took the money and ran. He screwed them over, and now he's got all this resentment toward the Jets the rest of his life. Like, all they did was hire – well, I take that back. I guess they did They did say he was the head coach and then asked him to step aside when they got Parcells. But I think that was prearranged. I think he knew that was a possibility when he took the D.C. job and that he would then step in as the head coach. And then he walks on the Jets, and then all of a sudden, you know, then he's, he's mad at the Jets for the rest of his life. Just a weird guy, you know, super weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I yeah, agree. I think it, Everyone yeah, I think here, we I think sweep the Patriots to... this year. We don't have a rookie quarterback, finally, and I feel like that's always I'm what's been holding you. us back is the young, inexperienced guys versus Belichick. So now There's just, no we reason have to a guy think the Jets wouldn't have swept them last year, Got something between Dylan. the ears, and I think that this could be the year. I mean, 
you got to at least get one. I just seven years, eight years, whatever it is, not beating them at all. It's just you got to beat them twice. That's what's such a shame is the Jets were so good against them last year. Exactly. The quarterback, you know, that yep. that's two wins with, you know, if you got Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback, you win both those games. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be exciting. Listen, I, I can't wait for the journey to happen. Um, it's actually happened as we speak. Because I'm, I'm enjoying it from the moment he got traded. Once again, I never thought he was going to come here. I just didn't. I thought we were going to – I thought something was going to happen until, you know, 40 days went by, and I'm saying to myself, what's happening here? You know, and then yeah. when I got when I got word, like we all did, when that trade actually went through, when you start – you know, because how many times can you refresh Twitter? I mean, just keep refreshing Twitter. I know. And, you know, I just happened – I wasn't feeling good, and I, I took a nap that afternoon – and I got up and I'm putting Twitter and all of a sudden I just start seeing Twitter. Yep. And, and then you check it to make sure it's a real account. Exactly. It's not a spoof. And I need yep. I need to see it from two or three more sources before I exactly. say anything. Exactly. So I don't want to get got. And then I just I grabbed my iPad and I just went off because I just was like, you know, my Instagram. I said to my son, I'm sending you a I'm telling you a video. And his he runs my Instagram. And I said, uh I just was just the emotion. I knew I wanted to say what was for 40, for 40 days, what I was all feeling. And it finally was happening. So I was, you know, I was all pumped up. Yeah, we all are. Thanks so much, Ed, for coming on to talk with us for a little while about what we're expecting for the upcoming season. And, uh, and listen, we're all pumped, man. It's, uh, it, I get it. AFC is tough. It's not going to be a cakewalk, but th- this is as good a shot the Jets have had in, in decades. Oh, there's no question about it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I love Phil. Phil Sullivan, my man. Love him. Love Jet Nation. He's been around a long time. Going love, on, we're creeping I, up on 20 years now, man. I, I love it. I, I love I love Phil. I, I love I love Jet Nation. So I'm uh, I'm honored to be able to come on. I appreciate. Thanks it. so much, Ed. We really awesome. appreciate Thank it, man. You. All right, all the best, guys. All right, take care. Take care. All right, all right. so Fireman Ed. Always, uh, always a lively character. He gets, he gets oh, yeah. fired up. And right Fire now, like I said, if you can't get fired up about this season, um, then I don't know, I don't know what'll fire you up. Again, we, you know, the, there's a Hall of Fame quarterback under center now. And like I said, man, I, I just my, and, and of course it's 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 hope, optimism, whatever you want to call it. But I just, I really hope the the change of scenery has Aaron Rodgers thinking like, man, I can do this for a few years. But the like that's the the positive emotional fan side. But when you look at it from a historical side and, and you know, keeping things sort of level-headed, not a lot of quarterbacks play well at that age. Like, how many quarterbacks right. can we say played at a high level at 42, 43 years old? You know, Brady, right? Um, Breeze, even though yeah. he was a kind of a shell of himself. <clears throat> Other than that, Maybe. man, 41, yeah, Manning, 42, 43. You can't 43, even put into that category. 10, yeah, but... Manning was – he. I mean, he went to a Super Bowl, but, I mean, he was he was throwing ducks he all over the field. He threw 156 yards in that Super Bowl. It was so. – it was, that, yeah, I think he threw 456 yards that season, you know, and <laughs> you, you watch him throw the ball and you're like, he's not an NFL quarterback right now. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the one thing with Rodgers is, you know, I'm trying to, in my mind, think about why I should, you know, believe he can do it. And I guess part of it is just, you know, that you you hear people use the term, but it, it really is true about him when you hear them say thrower of the football, like the way he's always been so effortless in getting the ball out, like so quick and easy. You know, um, I don't think there's a guy who does it better than him or has done it better than him since I've been a fan. And so you hope that that helps him, that he's not, you know, he's just so fluid in what he does. Maybe that helps reduce the wear and tear. 
again, wishful thinking. I hope. L- listen, I don't even. You know what? I don't even want to think about what happens if he doesn't play well this year. We're not, we're not <laughs> nope. going into that right now. No, we're not. It's going all. Down I'm not. It's, it's uh, there's plenty of time to be miserable. I'm going to let myself be happy for a few months, um, and assume he's going to play at a yep. very high level. There's really no reason you shouldn't with the weapons he's got. Ed said something interesting though that <clears throat> that I was um curious about saying that more guys are on the way. I don't know, I mean, who mm-hmm. and how and where. Like, there's not a lot of holes left on this roster. I think now, like, if, if we're talking, like, next year, free agency, like, the, you know, right, I, right. that I agree. And yeah. maybe that's what he meant. I don't know. I should have clarified. Sure. Um, because but by we're becoming guys, attractive. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But adding the guys they've added, I don't um, – I'm curious. And, you know, you mentioned Corey Davis earlier. I, I wanted to discuss him because – um, mm-hmm. you know, I know we all get excited about the shiny new toys and we're all excited about Alan Lazard, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change what I said before they went after Alan Lazard, you know, before free agency even started, I think it was late in the year or it may have been postseason, but free agency hadn't kicked off yet. And Alan Lazard was one of the bigger names out there. And I was kind of like, I, I get Davis has had durability issues, but I said back then, I'm, I'm not sure that Lazard is better than Davis. Like, and we're all just assuming that, like, Davis mm-hmm. is, like, the guy on the fringe. He's going to be let go. What if, what if he doesn't get let go? And what if he's in camp and he outplays the guy? You know, I mean, do, do we see Lazard in the slot a little bit? I was talking earlier about how Cobb isn't, you know, that explosive guy you'd like in terms of, you know, the the quickness that he has to make plays after the catch. But maybe, maybe they eye Lazard as a guy. Like, I'm not saying he won't play the boundary. Of course he will. But maybe they go big slot a little bit, and you got Davis, Lazard, and Garrett Wilson, which is that's a damn nice trio. Mm-hmm. I honestly prefer that trio. I prefer that to to Lazard, Wilson, and Cobb. You know, or give me Lazard, those... Wilson, Hardman. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Hardman, Hardman's an interesting one. You know, I know. Listen, we can talk about how he's going to be this and he's going to be that, but like all we really know is what he's been up to this point. Sure. Um, which has been a gadget guide. And listen, I, we talked about this recently. I said the same exact thing about CJ Uzama. When the Jets added him, said, look, I watched every catch he had. Didn't nothing special, nothing spectacular, but I'll hold judgment. Maybe the Jets have a plan for him and they're going to use him differently than what Cincinnati did. That didn't happen. No. Um, and so same for Hardman. Like based on what I've seen, he's incredible. You know, he, obviously the speed is off the charts, uh, but how how involved is he going to be and how much of a, of a target will he be? Remains to be seen, but the, the interesting one to me is, is Corey Davis. The more I think about Denzel Mims, like I said, like I said, the number of guys they have at receiver who don't play specials, and he's another one that doesn't. I think he's, I think he's the most likely to go. Um, yes, I agree. And I like the guy. I, I like Denzel Mims. Um, I like the pick at the time. I'm not going to walk that back because it hasn't no. worked out. Uh, but I could see them saying, you know, Denzel's got to go, and we'll replace him with a smaller, shiftier, slot type guy who can play mm-hmm. special teams. Yeah, and you can put these six in any order, so don't get hung up on that. But when you look at the <clears throat> top six at the position, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Miko Hardman, Randall Cobb, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis, it really looks like Corey Davis is going to be predominantly featured in that 11 personnel. I mean, you like you said, Miko Hardman's kind of been that gadget guy his whole career, and I know that when they signed him, they have dreams of developing his route right. running and making him more of a complete wide receiver, and Sometimes that just doesn't happen, and he is just good at what he does. Also, to the big slot point, Nathaniel Hackett does like big, taller, uh, framed receivers, so we we could see that, and Miko Hardman could be that fourth guy, which would make Randall Cobb the fifth guy, and I know people are getting hung up on the $3 million guaranteed, but if that's your fifth wide receiver who's coming in to 
get everybody up to speed on the new verbiage of the the offense. Even Aaron Rodgers mentioned that Nathaniel Hackett has tweaked some things since they've parted ways. So, and that's for the better, you know, they're just trying to be more efficient. So I'm, I'm cool with Randall Cobb, but yeah, I think Corey Davis, we've been a little unfair to this off season and just assumed he was going to be gone, whether it was trade, you know, just outright cutting him. And that could still be the case. You mean Corey but... Davis? I think you said Randall Cobb. Did you mean Corey? No, Davis? Corey Davis. Yeah. I think yeah. when it comes to Corey Davis, I think you just, we have to think about him in this roster on, in that 11 personnel with Lazard in the slot. Hell, even Garrett Wilson in the slot. I know he mentioned being able, uh, being uh, taught to and asked to do more things by Nathaniel Hackett in his interview with the press um, yesterday. So, I mean, then that came down to run game and physicality were the two things he mentioned in areas that he's being asked to do more in. Corey Davis is that guy. We've talked about him all last season. When healthy, he was the best, most physical run blocker. So if you're talking about a complete wide receiver, Corey Davis might be the best complete wide receiver on the roster. Garrett Wilson is by far the best receiver on the roster. Right. But but everything you're asked to do on the football field, Corey Davis is that guy. I said a few times and I got, you know, because I mean, Twitter is just a hostile place. That's just how it is. Nothing but there were a lot of people who were like, oh, okay. yeah. you, you, you're an idiot. Davis is gone. He's as good as gone. They got to cut him to save the cap space. And I just kept explaining to people who didn't want to listen that. I, I was basically saying, don't be surprised if he's around. Look at his price tag. Mm-hmm. Look at his product. Even hurt. Look at his production. Because, again, he's another one of these guys kind of like. Obviously, he, he's been more durable than Beckton this year, but just historically, he's not a guy that misses a lot of time. You know, these last two years have been sort of out of the norm for him. So I just I, I thought even even if you were to get injured and give you 12 games, like 12 games of his production at his price tag in today's market isn't bad. And there's no. like if now again, the injuries would have changed it a bit. But I think a guy like him, if he's on the on the market as a free agent at the start of free agency in today's market, he's getting way more than what the Jets are paying him right now. Now, if oh, the Jets, yeah. my 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 question is, does Joe Douglas do the same thing to him that he did to Jamison Crowder, and say to him before the season starts, "Hey, man, everybody's maxed out right now. Nobody can pay you, so we'll let you go, and somebody will pay you six or seven million, or you can stay here and we'll pay you six or seven million. Um, so right now we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, drums with the shout and out for Glenn. Drums. Yeah. I, I, every time I talk to people, I'm like, I don't know how he does it. We start at 1130 his time. So just absolutely getting through it. You see it there, the caffeine, sometimes you need it. I'm, I'm looking at, at Corey Davis's advanced stats on PFR right now. And yeah, 2021, we can point to, you know, he had some drop issues or whatever, but 2022, he only had two drops. So I don't think this is like a, a question for it's, him. If he's healthy, he's no, that, that security blanket, the one that will go up over the middle of the field. We saw it. We've talked about it. I think his first like 90% of his catches were for first downs to, to start yep. the season last year. So if Aaron Rodgers likes this guy and he's in the right place at the right time, and Nathaniel Hackett pointed to this um, in his interview with Eric Allen, everyone's live on a pass play. It's not a matter of you run your route and you're the third option. So you're not looking right. until that third year. You could be the first option. Yep. All of a sudden on a play based with on Aaron Rodgers. So, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And, and if you he know, likes Corey Davis, I think that there's no reason why he shouldn't be playing majority of reps when healthy. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I haven't written an article about that is I'm convinced if I do, then he'll get cut. They'll be like, Oh, right. a moron. They're going to cut and, this guy. And this kind of brings me to my next like kind of topic with other veterans at different positions that need to learn how to play with Aaron Rodgers, the center position. I know we've talked about as soon as the second he was drafted, 
Joe Tittman is the starter week one, if not probably week four, five, six, by the time he gets acclimated. That might not be the case if Aaron Rodgers loves what uh, Connor McGovern can do, excuse me. If Connor McGovern can learn what Aaron Rodgers likes and, you know, those scramble drills that Aaron Rodgers is so famous for, if Connor McGovern does all those things and Rodgers builds up a good rapport, maybe Tittman is the backup. And that's not to say he doesn't like Tittman, but I just, I feel like it'll be more of a Rodgers influenced position. Well, yeah, I think Rodgers is going to influence everything. You know, my hope, I don't, uh, and I don't dislike McGovern, but my hope is that Tipman wins that job because because of what he brings, you know, Mm -hmm. he he just moves so much better. Um, uh, And I, even though I could see them making it a legitimate competition, I just, I hope that, you know, if, even if it's close, um, I hope Tipman gets the benefit of the doubt to get, you know, get a young, potentially elite center in there and get him on the move because I think that he's got the ability to, to make this offense pretty special, you know, him, him blocking for these backs up front, you know, once Brees is back and Izzy and, and whoever the other, whoever the other young, you know, whoever the other backs are that stick on the roster. Um, let's see. Roger had a nice comment here. He's hoping a Jets linebacker uh, blast a wide receiver or a halfback into Bill Belichick. I don't think anybody would mind that. And uh, Southern Jet Rich, how we doing, Rich? Saying uh, up, we, Rich? Project, we project any satisfactory vet backup QBs being released. Um, listen, I said this a few weeks ago. I'm not going to keep beating the drum because, you know, people just don't want to hear it. But th- right now, Zach Wilson is, as QB2 is the biggest example of malpractice on the roster. If that doesn't yep. change and you enter this season with Zach Wilson as QB2, I, I have a hard time taking you seriously when you say we're trying to win a Super Bowl. And and look, and I've 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 spoken about this at length and I'll I'll break it down again. Even, you know, another scenario that popped into my head the other day, because people, you know, people, the answer I always get to that is if Rogers gets hurt, the season's over anyway. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter if it's Teddy Bridgewater or Zach Wilson. Neither one of those. Neither one of those guys are leading us to the playoffs. And my answer to that is it doesn't have to be a 15 week injury. I'm saying what if Aaron Rodgers gets injured in week 11? And he's going to miss four weeks. And whatever your position is at that time, you really need to go two and two. But you go to Zach Wilson and you go 0 and 4. And now you're out of the playoff run or you got to run the table. Or even if you want to narrow it to one game, let's say, God forbid, Jets are doing fine. They're cruising along. It's week 16. They know they're going to the playoffs. They even have a first round bye. Aaron Rodgers slams his thumb on a lineman's helmet. He's going to be out three to four weeks. He's going to miss that first playoff game, one game. Do I want Teddy Bridgewater or Zach Wilson if I got to win one game? Neither one of them is going to carry you. I get it. Neither guy is a, a, a Super Bowl, you know, but one guy I have confidence will control the clock, protect the football, and maybe get in the end, get you in the end zone a couple times. And maybe with that defense, that's all you need on that day. But yeah. instead you have Zach Wilson and you better not give up a field goal because there's a good chance the game is over. And so I don't all these reply that the number one answer I get when I say that you can't have Zach Wilson as a backup is it doesn't matter because if Rodgers gets hurt, you're finished anyway. I'm like, what if it's a week? What if it's one game? What if you need one game and all you need is adequate quarterback play, but you can't get it because you have Zach Wilson. Look at the Eagles last year. They needed a couple games out of Gardner Minshew when Jalen Hurts was hurt. Now, obviously, they were in that situation where they had clinched or they were right about to clinch anyway. So it really didn't matter, but they had Gardner Minshew for a stretch of three or four games and they needed to at least get a couple wins out of Gardner Minshew starting those games. So it wasn't a matter of um, 
you know, balking on the position at quarterback too. And this is a Super Bowl contender. So I yeah. completely agree. And if I'm laughing because I'm looking at KD's comment. I just wanted Jets QB. Oh, I know. I was just about to 10 yep. touchdowns. I mean, it's 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 absurd. That this I team... can guarantee that Rodgers playing like 10 games, that the 10 touchdowns will happen. But the 17 games is obviously so hard to to guarantee for any player. But that's the hope is that it's 17 games, 16 games, maybe, you know, whatever. But yes, you have to have somebody for those moments because anything can happen. He could come out for three drives of the wild card or divisional playoff game. Exactly. And all of a sudden, like while he's getting an, uh, a check in the, in the back because he needs to go into the locker room, Zach Wilson's out there and, you know, his eyes are just like this and we're scared. And yeah, he throws a bad pass or something. The momentum shifts, anything can happen. So I agree. You have to have a good quarterback and, too on roster. And, and it's no, not Tim listen, Boyle if, either. If you're new to the show, if you're listening, watching, whatever, Dylan will tell you, I am, I am no Zach oh, Wilson yeah. hater. I love Zach Wilson coming out yeah. of BYU. He was my guy, but. Me wanting Zach Wilson and him being my guy out of college doesn't mean I will not then offer an honest opinion of his play once he's drafted. I've seen right. people do that. They want a guy. They project the guy. They The guy gets drafted. They're doing backflips. The guy plays like garbage and all. It's everyone else's fault because no one's going to say, oh, damn, I was wrong on that one. Up to mm-hmm. this point, yeah, it sure as hell looks like I was wrong on that one. And I hope like hell. I said during the season, I can't remember if I said it on our show if I said it in an article, um, but I said, you know, it was probably the first time I heard, you know, someone float the idea of, of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, um, other than laugh at how ridiculous it was because there was no way it was going to happen. I kind of thought to myself, that might be the one thing that can save Zach Wilson's career. Like, sure. get because any other vet, anyone else comes in, he's going to feel hurt. He's going to feel betrayed. He's going to be neglectful. All human natural emotions. Can he get past him? Maybe, maybe not. With Aaron Rodgers, there's his idol. There's a guy he grew up watching. He's already got some level of, of a rapport with. We, you know, I, see, I hear people saying, oh, they're already very good friends before the trade. We don't know that. We know they talked a few times, which is sure. good enough, which is good enough. If Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson had built a little bit of a rapport before the trade rumors started swirling, this is a guy that Zach respects. You did resume is undeniable. So I said this might be the one dude who can come in and Zach Wilson will do what he has to do, which is sit down, be quiet and listen. Whereas anyone else, if it was a Ryan Tannehill or anyone else, Derek Carr, it probably would have been more like, oh, man, I'm, whatever, I'm here. I'm, I'm here to make this guy's life hell, you know? Right. Um, but and, with, with, I- with Rogers, that's not the case. And I think that Zach, look, it's unlikely. It's as unlikely as it'll ever be. Like, other than Alex Smith, you can't find a quarterback who got off to a worse start or as bad a start as Zach Wilson and turned it around and had a good career. Alex Smith is the only one that comes to mind. Right. Um, but because of his physical talent, I'm not giving up on Zach Wilson, but because this is psychological, and I've said this a million times, as a Yankee fan from the 90s, you saw it with Chuck Knobloch. If you were a Mets fan, you saw it with Mackie Sasser. They couldn't fix those guys. They, it, mm-hmm. it was up. It was in their head. They were having, you know, the yips, as we call them, and um, and they never got over it. They never got past it, you know, and the funny thing is a lot of it, this is a story about Knobloch, right? Um, I know it's baseball, but it's along a lot, the same lines of how this happens and sometimes, but not others. I, uh, I had a friend who was a minor league ball player and he was like, uh, he was uh, like, uh, I don't know what the hell, some role. He was with the Yankees in spring training one year, not as a player, like ball boy type thing, like just there to, to, to help guys get loose and warm up and all that. Mm-hmm. And he said he would. He said he'd stand out there and he'd watch Chuck Knobloch for an hour make two hundred perfect throws to first base, and then the first batter of the game would hit him a ground ball and he'd throw it into the stands. 
He's like, it just, once the game started, Incredible. he couldn't get past it. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's the kind of the case with Zach. Everybody says in practice, he looks, yeah, looks like great. he has it and he's slinging the ball. He's like, I'm not going to compare him to Aaron Rodgers, but when you see these slow motion videos of Aaron Rodgers, and then you go back and watch some of these Zach Wilson throws, it's very clear that Zach Wilson is like literally trying to be Aaron Rodgers from the the footwork, the mechanics. It just, he looks like he's been watching a little too much Aaron Rodgers. And I remember tweeting that uh, during the season was, I think he needs to watch a little less Aaron Rodgers because he plays too much out of structure, but he does it so well. And there's a comment here from Rags that says, what if Hackett actually has a solid plan for Zach better than scramble after two reads that LaFleur had him do? And that could be the case. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, when he was on the Jets official podcast, he talked about, you know, having a plan for all of these guys, mainly the wide receivers, but he has a plan for these guys, whether it's the right plan or not, we'll find out. But I think he's going to give it his best shot to not only work with Aaron Rodgers to make this the best offense it can be, but to also help Zach Wilson along in his career. So maybe 2025 isn't the, you know, the end of his time with the Jets when his contract ends and they can extend him and he could be worth something, even if it is as a backup role. How much of a nightmare scenario is that? That that Aaron Rodgers hangs around for two or three years, he fixes Zach, and Zach goes somewhere else as a free agent, and he's great there. Oh man, we 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 can't go down that road. That crossed my mind the other day. I was like, that's how it would play out. If if they fix him, he's going to go be great somewhere else. If they don't fix him, he'll be hanging around. And and this is actually going to segue into a great topic I wanted to talk about was the fifth year options. And obviously, they didn't pick up Makai Becton's fifth year option um, just this past week. I felt like you and I both. We're in agreement that it probably wasn't going to happen, but we were okay and could see the path if they did do it. Um, obviously, this was scheduled to be, I believe, $13.5 million, fully guaranteed now with the new CBA. Um, because of his playtime, he only gets into the basic option tier, so it's based on like the lowest um, qualifiers. So I believe it was 13 and a half. They didn't uh, accept it, so he's going to be an uh, unrestricted free agent after 2024, if I'm doing that math right. So that had me thinking about Zach Wilson and where he stands. And I think best case scenario is he plays 0% snaps in 2023 behind Aaron Rodgers as maybe quarterback three. Based on his play time for the first two seasons, he already qualifies for that play time tier, which makes him between the third and 20th highest paid at the position annual average. This is before the Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert deals, but right now, his uh, fifth-year option would be roughly $30 million. I don't know if the Jets could ever pick that up. So that's you, not a I, case. What? Are you, yeah, $30 million. $30 based million? Off, yeah, so it's the top three, three to 20 at the, at the paid position, quarterback, annual average salary, averaged. That's what the price tag would and be. And the, the average next. from three to 20 is 30 million. So the last one, the, the number 20 guy is Joe Burrow at like nine something right behind the two rookies that were just drafted what Stroud and Bryce like? Young. And so it's all averaged out. And so if Joe Burrow and Justin, and Justin Herbert wasn't even on the list. So yeah, Justin they're going to be up in the fifties. Exactly. So this number is just skyrocketing. So Lamar will probably be three. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, trending like it's going to be even higher than 30 million. And I don't think there's any way they can exercise that. So based on what the Packers did with Jordan love, we could see a similar situation where they I was just going to say, you look at what green Bay did with Jordan love. Exactly. You I, kind of we, bet on yourself. You get a little bit money up front. Yeah. And you, you know, you're the starter going into the season, yeah. but nothing after that is guaranteed for Jordan love. It seemed based on this deal. So 
who knows how it works out. I don't know what your thoughts were about that, but I was just doing the numbers. Yeah, and, it, it, and, and I think Zach's going to have to understand that, you know, that even if he's looking great, um, you know, in in practice and maybe getting a few game reps, mm-hmm. he won't he won't have done enough to get huge money somewhere. So it would be in his best interest to stay somewhere where he's comfortable with everyone, where he knows the offense and they can say, look, you're our starter next year. But uh, and we'll give you, you know, 20 million, you know, but right. beyond that, we got to see and twisted. Uh, listen, twisted. This is the, this is the exact point that I'm making. And that's why I said I can't oh, take okay, it seriously. Yeah. I don't believe you go through all of this to keep Zach as a backup. And that's what I said. I cannot take any football team seriously when they say our goal is to win a championship this year. And Zach Wilson is our QB, too. I just can't yeah. see it. I, and like I said, I gave the example previously for those of us who were around back when, you know, back when Vinny blew out his ACL and they had to go to, you know, Tom Tupa, the punter, came in in relief at quarterback. And then they went out and signed Rick Myra. They had no plan at QB2, which was so reckless when you think about it, because Vinny wasn't a young guy. And if mm-hmm. I mean, God forbid Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and misses any significant time. You know, let's let, let's say it's not even season ending. If he misses eight games, that's a huge chunk. And if you're yeah. going to ask Zach Wilson to get you to navigate this team through eight games, maybe he steals you a win or two. But even, you know, listen, the thing is, I see, you know, I see somebody said earlier, you know, he was doing OK. Drum said before uh, before Brees got hurt, then the wheels fell sure. off. To yeah. me, he wasn't that good before that. Like Brees and the defense were carrying them. It they were like, holding it, him up. It yeah. was like Mark Sanchez back in, you know, uh, 99 or whatever, when he would throw for 99 yards and the teams would win the game because the the running game would get 250 yards and the defense would hold the opponent to 10 points. Like th- that's kind of what we had. Um, and absolutely, Gregory, I think we're yeah, all there I'm on right board now. with Gregory here. We, we want if this I could to get just, rolling as soon as possible. Yeah, if I could just go into like a chamber and come out but, in August when training camp starts, I'd totally do it because I feel like it's just going to be a long summer of an- anticipation. In yeah, a good but, way, though. But, but, but getting back onto the Zach thing, because a lot sure. of people talk about how he played well before the Brees injury. To me, he wasn't playing well. He was being carried. Yeah. And he even got worse from then. Like, even like, you know, his his – landmark performance against the Steelers. Like, I mean, we've set the bar so low. We find a game where the guy made a couple of throws and we're like, well, there's his greatness. Like he didn't make another good one for seven weeks, but that day he made a, and and a lot of it was like short stuff over the middle. So it's, you know, it's time to kind of, you know, to acknowledge that the team was carrying him at that point. And as the season went on, he got significantly worse. So it's not even like he's the guy that you could win with if you played well. Like you listen, they they lost to the Patriots because they didn't pitch a shutout. That that's what had to happen. They had to pitch a shutout if they wanted to win the game. But they didn't. The defense had the nerve to give up three points, and then specials gives up a touchdown. And that's how you lose the game. So yeah, every, and drums, look, everything got uglier once Brees got hurt. I mean, yeah, everything I fell apart. That, and that's why I love yeah. the Abana Canda pick. And that was part right. of it. As I and I said the other day, I said, you look at what happened to this team when they lost that explosive threat out of the backfield. And that was a big part of everything. I mean, everything went wrong. Everybody got hurt. The entire O-line got hurt this year. Yeah. I mean, the depth on the O-line is at this point is, like I said, even though I would have preferred someone else over Turner, I would have preferred Fleming or someone like that. But that's another reason I want Tipman to win that starting job. Because then you have McGovern, who's got center and guard versatility right. as an established guy. Um, the Really, I would say the biggest question mark, I mean, obviously, well, obviously he's the health of Mekhi Becton. But outside mm-hmm. of that is, do we see a, a bounce back season from Lakin Tomlinson, you know? Yeah, I think that'll be the, 100%. the, miss, the, 
the cog that, you know, kind of puts the entire offensive line together. Obviously, if Makai's healthy and it's trending in that direction, then yeah, he would, Lakin would be the the focal point of let's see some improvement from the left guard position because it doesn't matter if Zach's back there, if Rodgers is back there. If you have Lakin Tomlinson kind of looking like he did last year in the beginning of the season, especially, it's not going to go well for the Jets. So um, I, I don't I think wanna... McGovern, McGovern, if I'm not mistaken, has played center and right guard. I don't think he's played any time I, at left guard. I believe it's right guard. Yeah, I do. I mean, you could always flip AVT to left guard and put right. Tom, or put McGovern at right guard if yeah, it a- got to that point. AVT it, did say just, it. It's so rare you see guys making that kind of money get benched. Right. And AVT did say in his uh, press conference yesterday that he could play all four positions, both tackles, both guards. I'm sure he could probably play center too. He's super talented. But I think the, the one also in here um, is Billy Turner because he has tons of guard versatility and tackle versatility. So he's played left tackle, right tackle, right guard throughout his career. Um, So he's just another one of those guys in the mix. You have Schweitzer, McGovern, or Tittman, and then Billy Turner as your interior depth. And then you have Schweitzer. If you look at what they've done since the start of the off season, does Schweitzer make the roster? Like, well, that's how many are you carrying? I was looking at, I'm like Schweitzer, Cologne, like to me, there's they're on the, on the bubble. They're on the verge of, uh, again, are you going to carry 12 O-linemen, 11 O-linemen? Like, if you carry so 10, <laughs> if you carry 10, those guys are, are not going to be a lock to make it, especially now that you've got Tipman, you've got McGovern, so you've got two centers. Um, yeah. And as you said, and I have no, I'm sure AVT could play there if need be. I think that's the big thing is the versatility gives them so many options. Yeah. Um, the Billy Turner thing is, you know, he's versatile, but is he good? Um, you know, that was, uh, it's yes. kind of like, what, what are you sacrificing in play in order to get that versatility? Like right. I said, Cam Fleming, not as versatile, but I think a better player, a better tackle anyway. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't I know. The what worst to... case for Billy Turner is that Aaron Rodgers pushes for him to get starter reps and he doesn't play up to starter caliber when the game is on. So like, I feel like he could do anything in practice, but yeah, I, I agree. If it's Mekhi Becton, he's got to be, in my opinion, the right tackle. And if it's Dwayne Brown, he's got to be the left tackle. He hasn't played anything but yeah, left tackle only his entire left, yeah. career. He's 38 years old. He's coming back for his 17th year, knowing that the Jets are trying to do all this to make a run. And he felt that way last year when he signed on with the Jets um, in the middle of the preseason. He was like, I felt like this team was going somewhere this year. And obviously it didn't work out because of the quarterback, but we were on the right path. So I'm excited for the depth and the the versatility of the entire thing. And I, I kind of got some flack for this on Twitter, but I put out like a, just a rough depth chart. And I put Carter Warren and Max Mitchell, both as the third tackle on either side. And I ca- caught a little bit of heat for it, but I think that that's kind of where they're at. They wanted to have Max Mitchell be this developmental guy who doesn't see the field in his first year, but he got, you know, thrust into action. Yeah, so now right. I feel like they're trying to load up with veterans ahead of him so that maybe he doesn't have to be that first man up and, and he can actually develop in the new system. So I just, I wanted to get your thoughts on Max Mitchell and Carter Warren. Do you think Agouye and Turner should be above them on the depth chart? Or do you think eventually we'll just see it naturally overcome anyway? I, I think it's, I think it's absolutely that. I think the veterans will start the, the off season or the preseason, the regular season, whatever, you know, next up in the depth chart. Mm-hmm. But as, as those guys develop, um, you know, as I said, <laughs> I've said it a couple times. I feel like I have to say it every time I talk about this draft class, I like the players they drafted. I like them. I think they are good football players. I think they will be good football players, especially Izzy Abanacana and, and Carter Warren, mm-hmm. uh, of course, McDonald, you know, whether or not he'll be an every down guy that remains to be seen, but I still love what he brings. I like the draft class. 
Um, but again, didn't love the approach. Didn't like bringing guys in who aren't projected early starters. Uh, yep. That being said, I think Carter Warren, as especially, you know, and I said this um, pre-draft and watching some of the, the second tier guys, the Bergerons, the Freelands and the Warrens, like to me, his pass pro was fantastic. Uh, and I know that uh, Duke Manyweather and many others have said, if not for his injury, he would have been a top, you know, I think he said 64. So basically saying, uh, sure. you know, yeah, second, second round, round um, would have been a second round pick. So the Jets get him late because of the injury. But he he's a guy, he's good enough in pass pro that you look at him and think, does he have a shot to beat out Dwayne Brown? And then do you let, like, I, I, I understand coaches, GMs, they lie, they blow smoke. I get all that. But Robert Sala was like so so effusive in his praise of Dwayne Brown that I have a hard time believing they would let him go. Yeah. However, it's like Carl Lawson. Yeah. Lawson, even more so Lawson was in a different stratosphere, but I right, get what you're saying. True. Lawson. Yeah. He was like, he's not going anywhere. Those are the two guys that, he's yeah. staying. Yeah. yeah. But those are the two veterans he really vouched for. Yeah. Um, but when camp opens or when the season opens, if, or, you know, preseason rather, if, if Carter Warren is playing at a very high level and Dwayne Brown's do 11 million and he's 40 years old and they have Billy Turner as a backup and they feel like AVT could be a backup if need be like you have multiple, you have Makai Becton, you have multiple other guys that could play left tackle if need be. If something were to happen to Carter Warren, do you as the Jets say, you know what? Listen, Dwayne, we appreciate it, but we've got a guy who's younger as good or better. Um, Cause you know, how much is Dwayne? The thing that's the other thing as these guys get older, you don't know what, what year, the drop-off is going to be dramatic and and rapid. You know what I mean? You might have a guy that say, oh, man, 39 years old, that guy played really well last year. And then he comes in a camp, 40, and completely different guy. And you're like, oh, wow, well, well, there goes that idea of him continuing to play at a high level. And I don't mean that for Dwayne Brown. I mean that for every player right. um, as they enter that stage of their career. So as the Jets, do you look at this and say, if Carter Warren outplays this guy, as much as we've praised him, we're going to move on from him, save $11 million against the cap, and then let Carter Warren be our starting left tackle. Billy Turner's his backup. Mackay Becton can flip over there if we need to. AVT can flip over there if we need to. Like, all these guys give them all these options. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting. And um, I know when you were on the show with uh, Schubert last week, or even Monday, I believe, I hopped in and I, I made this comment that the draft class kind of summed up to me was the Jets drafted players who got 2021 production, and they're expecting 2024 uh, expectations for them. So like, it's just going to be a weird year where like maybe none of these rookies play, but I think Carter Warren, if he's even, you know, close to that level and obviously Aaron Rodgers' influence is going to be a thing. If he moves better than Dwayne Brown in pass protection and he can get out and let Aaron Rodgers throw those hail Marys that we love for 65 yards <laughs> to Randall Cobb, you know, if he can do those things better than Dwayne Brown. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to get those reps. And I think it's all about, we preach it on this show. Best five, no matter who it is, no matter what their natural position is, if they can play that position, you got to put them there. Put the best five. And this, while you were talking, it made me think. I want, I want to hear a prediction right now. Um, May fourth, I'll give one too. When it comes to the final fifty-three, are there going to be offense and defensive line combined more than twenty-one names? on the final 53, because I think it's literally going to be almost half the roster I, offense I think, and defensive line. I, I think it's right there in that range. I think it's going to be like, I would have, if you told me to set an over under, I would have said 20. Yeah. Give me an over. And I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, neither would surprise me. Nope. Um, I, I mean, I would, I would say, I mean, 
I know they love the trenches, but you have to have other guys on the team too. Exactly. So and I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say right. 18 or 19, mm-hmm. but 21 wouldn't surprise me. And uh, twisted. Um, real quick, I don't. Nobody was saying ABT should be a backup. We were saying ABT is your starter, but if you catastrophe strikes and you have to move him to tackle, he's right. an option. A of fail safe at tackle. Yeah, he's yeah. absolutely your starter. Yeah, definitely. No, nobody's taking his spot regardless of where he's. He's actually. Yeah, I don't know how I worded that, but I may have said ABT is your backup tackle, but no. Yeah, ABT is yeah. your starting guard, but he's got emergency tackle. tackle. You can say exactly, exactly. Right. He's your emergency everything. He's your best uh, yeah. offensive lineman. That's point blank. That's it. That's the problem, and he's. I'll tell you what. I mean, listen. AVT's has a play every position, like every snap he takes at a different spot. That's that's he's bringing that to the negotiating table. Yep. Um, we just talked um, about Zach Wilson's fifth year. His fifth year gets lumped in as all offensive linemen. It's not a matter of tackle versus guard versus center. So all those contracts are considered when talking about fifth year options for offensive linemen. He's going to get pushed to pay like uh, an offensive tackle. There's absolutely. no way you pay him like a guard. There's no way. Yeah, exactly. Because he'll just say, well, I'll walk in free agency because someone exactly. else will pay Somebody me Somebody will pay him to be a tackle and still play him at guard. So that's what you have to do then. I always go back, and it goes back to Corey Davis as well. If you cut a guy, how quickly will he be picked up and for what price? And I think that determines the value. And obviously they can you know, kind of screw over Corey Davis doing the whole Jamison Crowder thing. Everybody's kind of cash-strapped at this point in the offseason. But I feel like if you cut Corey Davis before free agency, he was getting a contract roughly around what he was making, maybe even a little bit more just based on the market. So that's kind of how I, how I base those things. But it's going to be, be exciting for sure. I mean, offensive line is the probably the, the, the hidden factor, the X factor of the offense. I know Aaron Rodgers is obviously the, the core of everything that happens. But the offensive line is going to be – because some people think it's the worst – in you know the conference you know some think it's bottom five in the nfl and i don't see it as bottom five but i also don't see it as you know a top five unit i could see it as you know league average and if it's just league average i think that's going to be more than okay for what the jets have around the offensive line so where, where do you think that you would rank the and i'm not saying you know pull up you know, every single offensive line in the league but do you think it's more in the middle or do you kind of side with the negative people that it's, you know, still a unit that needs to be improved? I, You know, it all just comes down to health. If they're healthy, they mm-hmm. can be a top five unit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially, you know, look, if, if Tipman is as good as we believe he can be and AVT is healthy and Mekhi Becton is healthy, I know these are all ifs. Those could be your top three coming into next season. They could be absolutely. They could be a top five O-line, undoubtedly. I mean, the yeah. thought of having of having – Makai Becton at right tackle with AVT at right guard and Tipman pulling around that right side to kick out a, a defender. Yeah. I mean, it, and then the fact that defenses are going to have to account for that and maybe soften things up a little bit on the left side where, you know, whether it's Dwayne Brown or, you know, whoever's over mm-hmm. there shouldn't really matter. But I, I think that this line, I understand the skeptics um, because there are reasons to be concerned or skeptical or whatever. But I think that if, if everyone's healthy, and like I said, the big thing with Becton, no pun intended, is it look at the weight he's lost. Like, I think it's, yeah. I don't think it's out of, you know, I don't think it's all that crazy to suggest he'll be healthy this year. He's, right. you know, I've said it a million times. He's always been healthy or he was always healthy before he got drafted. He, you know, obviously looked phenomenal as a rookie and that these couple injuries, it's, it's been brutal and devastating and all that stuff. But I mean, you hear him talk. He looks like he's, he sounds like he's happier. He looks like he's in a better place. Um, he said it himself, like mentally, physically, he's in the best place he's been, and he absolutely looks it. So if if, if you have Becton, AVT, Tipman, uh, just those three alone on that side, it should make them an elite line. But um, one, one thing I wanted to talk about, Dylan, uh, 
I know we're running long here, but, but who cares? It's uh, it's a good time. Um, Quinnen Williams, like, look at that. Look at that guy slim down. He's he's uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is almost uh, as wide as my guy back there. Exactly. And, and, and I understand, like, there's jokes about, like, he's losing too much weight, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I think... I'm a little I'm a little bit worried. I'm like, <laughs> I think course. part of the reason he was able to launch dudes 10 yards is because he had so much mass. Yes. Moving in that direction. He's got a lot yeah. less mass. But you know what? If 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 he if he knocks guys, you know, if he's knocking guys back three yards instead of eight yards, I guess I'll deal with it. Right. And sure. Yeah. And, he's and still going to be the unstoppable force. And I do think that he will, you know, add a couple pounds throughout the season. It's not a matter of like th- what what he's at right now is his playing weight. And Garrett Wilson alluded to this as well. Like He's going to gain a little bit or Garrett actually loses weight throughout the season. But you could see Makai could possibly gain weight throughout the season, you know, just putting some of it back on if he feels like his strength isn't exactly where it needs to be. So he's just leaving himself a ton of options in terms of what he can do for the team. So I thought that was cool. I think the comparison to him and Rodgers is hilarious because the comparison to him and Zach Wilson would be even funnier. Yeah. So, and I, I've joked about it. How is Zach Wilson going to see over the line? But you wanted to touch on Quinn and Williams. Yeah. So another, you know, Dexter Lawrence gets his payday with the Giants. Yes. Um, and pretty much everyone's getting paid. Deron Payne got paid. Jeffrey Simmons got paid. I understand, you know, you had to get Rodgers in the building and get his financials and all that worked out. Um, you know, we've talked about the Quinnen thing. At, at what point do you start to think to yourself, maybe the Jets aren't going to do this. Maybe they're going to make him wait till next offseason or try to make him wait. I don't think he's showing up. I, I just I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's time to hit the panic button. But I'm I'm looking at this and thinking, you know, you knew Rodgers was coming. You could have had yeah. everything in place beforehand and said, all right, once Aaron arrives, here's what we're going to do with the money. You had your conference. Aaron, you know, Rodgers said himself, we're going to move money around when I get there. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could have had all this lined up for the day he walked in the building and signed the, and signed his new deal and say, OK, now we can now we can dictate or dedicate this money to Quinnen. Um, But there's they're not. And it, it looks it, it might happen within the hour. It might happen tomorrow. I'm not saying the Jets aren't doing it. Right. I'm just saying it's taking longer than I would have liked. So that's what gets me wondering, you know, is there a plan to get it done? Even, you know, when, when Joe Douglas said he was optimistic, right? What did um, what did Quentin Williams do? You know, sent out a, a tweet, like, quoting optimistic. Like, is that I, That like, was a little cryptic. I didn't know what that meant. Are you saying you're not optimistic, Quentin? Or are right. you saying that Joe Douglas is... Was that the wrong term to use as optimistic? Yeah, and I agree. And I think a couple weeks ago, before the Aaron Rodgers trade got done, I actually asked you on the show, I was like, do you think that, you know, which do you have more confidence in getting done, the Quinn Williams deal or the Aaron Rodgers trade? And we both were like, oh, they're both going to get done. I feel great about it. And I still kind of feel fine about it. But as you get into these camps and you're seeing the players back at practice with each other, you just really wish Quinn Williams was there to just bring it all together. And I know – Quincy had a um, press conference as well, and he mentioned Quinn yeah. expecting a child in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So it could just be maybe after the child, they'll really start hammering out the deal. But yeah, you would have thought with Rodgers coming into the fold and how confident they were acting the entire time, they would have had a deal done in principle with uh, Quinnen so that as soon as, boom, okay, now we can get this transaction, this transaction, and get you get you paid because he's going to be paid. And it's going to be $100 million, whether it's in New York or it's going to be some other team, and no Jets fan wants to see Quinn Williams uh, play for another team. And I think when we say Jet for life, we don't want to like, you know, go back down that road. But this is one of those players where you got to pay your homegrown players, and it's it's about time. And I just think he's very much deserved of any any type of contract that's 
they're going to give him. I yeah, think and 40- uh, let's see. Uh, Ronald uh, says here the Rodgers deal isn't done, which is a good point because when he walked in the building, um, you know, Connor Hughes and others, I think, well, it was definitely Connor Hughes. They were talking as if the deal was done. And like, this mm-hmm. is now what a week. He's like, Oh, wait till you see this deal. It's amazing. The way it's structured is so team right. friendly. Like they were making it sound like it's done. Um, and here we are a week later and it's not, but again, that, that goes back to, they could, it could all happen within hours. You know, yeah. you could have Rogers do his deal and then and then Quinn and do his the next day, which would which, be amazing. I, mean, I think I was going to say, how great would that be? <laughs> we throw I mean, a parade if that happened, man, like that, get those guys it, locked up, especially if Quinn. those numbers are, as low as we're supposedly expecting them to be like Rogers cap number being 1.1 million. And I think right. the rumor about it has us happy, but when you finally see it on the tweet confirmed from Schefter or whatever, it's going to be, nice. I, ha- I haven't looked at these other deals, so I'm not sure. Are they, are the, are the first year guy, are they ripping up their deals and getting new deals or are they extensions? What do you mean? Like, are they adding on to the, like, this year? Like, does the payday start next year and you're playing under this year's deal? For Quinnen? I don't know. I No, I'm I'm saying, are the other guys doing – I haven't looked at the other guys' contracts. Like, are they playing for their 2023 as projected and then the new money starts next year? I don't know. I would have to take a look at that. That, That's an entirely different conversation. All all those cap gymnastics are just – it's going to be interesting to see how they do. And I think we're entering that territory, not like the Saints, not like the Saints at all, but in the kicking money down the road – you know, into the future. And I feel like it's going to come back to bite us eventually, but for now, let's just hope that it brings you all the the fruits and we can enjoy them. Hopefully, you know, 2023, like fireman had said, we we can just get MetLife rocking again. I think that that is secretly the third element to football games is you have home field advantage, but like we need home field advantage. And I think we have it now with Rogers in the fold. Jets fans just going to be too fired up. So any, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? I know we're running a little over an hour. No, I think uh, I think we got everything, uh, you know, hammered out that we wanted to. We just had the thought because I'm sure you saw the uh, the tweet. Let me go over this real quick. The, t- the production on the DTs that uh, Rich Samini sent out. Dexter Lawrence, Deron Payne, Jeffrey Simmons, Kristen Wilkins, Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams has played the fewest snaps of any of those guys and has more sacks than all of them. The um, sack numbers are alarming. It's like five and a half more than the next guy, correct? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, six and a half more than the next guy. Six and a half, yep. But and and, and and despite despite playing fewer snaps than all those exactly. guys, and as I as I tweeted out, despite being on a team where the opponent's usually running out the clock in the fourth quarter, exactly, so you're not getting those, you're not getting those, you know, those two minute drills where the guys yep. you're getting eight, ten, twelve opportunities in the yep. fourth quarter to get after the passer because you're down and they're just running it down your throat. It's, it's truly amazing what he can do in such a limited – I know everybody complains about his usage and snap share and whatnot, but what he has been able to do in that limited share, and we've you know pounded the table to give him 65% snaps or whatever, but even with the role he has, clearly it's working for him. And I, I think, like I said, $100 million is fair, to say the least, for what Quentin Williams has done. And that chart just kind of – if I was him and uh, Agent Nicole Lynn, I would just – that's it you got to pay me accordingly. And whoever is the highest on that list, at least a million more per year. And that's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be four years, a hundred or five years, one twenty five, somewhere in that yep. ballpark. Yep. I a hundred percent agree. It's gonna be 25 million. Uh, but like I said, be great if they get it done right, you know, right back to back. So we'll see. Yep. Hashtag pay Q. That's what we're going to say here on jet nation for sure. Um, all right, we're going to get out of here. So um, thank you everybody in the chat for tuning in. You can follow Glenn on Twitter at his new Twitter handle, 
at JN Radio underscore Glenn. That's Glenn with two N's. Um, you can follow his draft account at Jets Picks at Jets P I C K S. I'm sure he has 85, 90% of all the UDFAs started, started, guys. Started watching games last night. Yep. There's clips up already, I'm sure. And <laughs> what was uh, I watching? This... What was I watching? Uh, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, I believe, to look at. Uh, to get a look at uh, the quarterback of the tight end for North Carolina. And there's a uh, yep. alignment or two with uh, Virginia Tech. So I was going to say, it's just a matter of time before we see 2024 prospects creeping up on that, on that timeline as well. So that's Jets P-I-C-K-S. You can follow me on Twitter at D Terriman. You can follow Jet Nation on all social media platforms, um, YouTube as well. Um, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. And uh, we have a film review coming. I'll be doing that tomorrow for um, Will McDonald our first round pick uh, have about 10 to 12 clips cut up already, ready to go. And Glenn, he'll be back on with Chris Schubert, uh, I believe tomorrow as well. So you'll get double content on. Yeah. A not a hundred percent sure. Cause we just did one a couple nights ago. So right, we, I haven't yep. touched base with Chris on that. We may uh, have a little reprieve. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Sure. And, and we're very grateful for everything. Chris is um, all the time. Yeah, he's given yeah. to us. Definitely go back and check out their, their Monday show, but we'll, we'll catch you next time. And until then let's go jets.